thank you for making the time and thank you for taking the time. <laughs> no problem, man. Um, yeah, so I kind of wanted to um, ask you a few questions about um, your music um, okay. and, and what you and what you do. Um, sure. So I guess uh, you know, going into that, um, how long I guess would you say you've been uh, making music now? Um, I've been releasing. I've been making music. Well, let's say this: I've been releasing records for about ten years. And um, I have been, you know, I kind of started playing music around 2004. Um, so, you know, about, about 15 years. Wow. Wow. Um, and, and uh, you know, that's, that's a long span of time. You've seen, you've seen a multitude of genres come and go. And, um, oh, yeah. When I started, it was all new metal, baby. New metal and like singer songwriters, you know, it was like, uh, you know, you get like Puddle of Mud and then, you know, uh, like Jason Mraz. Okay. Okay. So, I remember uh, that, that you know, era. <laughs> yeah. Or like, what's the other one? Huba Stank, right? So, you know, you get yeah. like, uh, you know, She Fucking Hates Me, followed closely by like you and I both. <laughs> uh, that was That was an interesting time. Uh, in music, but honestly, man, I think any time is an interesting time in music when you're paying attention to it. No, so I, 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 I think I, I think that it's, totally it's really, you know, because people will go, wow, the '90s really interesting time in music. You know, uh, like grunge is sort of a catch-all uh, from you know right. late '80s, early '90s. And then after that, you kind of have like boy bands and stuff and like pop yeah. music yeah. for the late night, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. but I mean, it's just, I think it's, it's just, and really in a weird way, you know, like I said, 2004, you had new metal and uh, like weird, like singer, you know, kind of pop songwriting, you know, what is that? That's just kind of an evolution of grunge music and, and just a different form of like the pop music we had in the 90s. So it's still, um, yeah, I, I think any, honestly, any time's an interesting time for music. And if you say, if people are like, oh, well, music's no good anymore. Those are just people who stop listening. <laughs> so I uh, kind of want to know. There, there, are, there are great <laughs> records that are coming out like right now, you know, great records there, you know, great records that came out like two weeks ago, um, you yeah. know, things like that. So it's, it's no, just. Absolutely. I, I just kind of wanted to know, um, you know, so you're, you know, you're a musician, obviously. Um, I kind of wanted to know uh, where you draw your inspiration from, because, um, you know, not to say it, you sound like anybody. I don't like comparison. I know a lot of artists are very um, finicky about about uh, relaying comparison, but, you know, people sound, sounds are similar. Sounds come from things, um, whether it be something triggered in our mind just for like a split second, or if it's, you know, something we remember from our childhood or growing up. But yeah, I kind of want to know, um, you know, what you listen to to get into that, like, mood, that that songwriting, like, um, 
headset, headspace. Well, what I, yeah, so what I do is, so the, the sort of musical candles and incense uh, that I, you know, that I, that I, that I put on to get myself in the, <laughs> you know, I slip on, I slip into a nice silken robe and, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I, there are a few go-tos, uh, that, that sort of never leave, but everything else is, I mean, honestly, the album I kind of got real stuck on last year was like, um, uh, was uh, 444 by Jay-Z. And I'm not, I, there is not a trace. I mean, maybe in a, a couple songs I'll use like a sampler or a drum machine or something, but there's not really like a trace of, of hip hop in, in much of my writing. And, uh, you know, but sometimes you just get stuck on a record. Um, and I mean, I think of like 444 is an album where like Jay-Z is basically like, yeah, I cheated, you know, I'm one of like the 10 most famous people in the entire world. Uh, so it was just sort of on display for everybody to see. And, uh, you know, but I'm not above admitting my own mistakes, um, <clears throat> coming to grips with my own vulnerability and, you know, being forgiven um, and I'm not going to like self-loathe and I'm not, you know, and I, and I'm lucky that I've got, you know, a, a good and supportive wife, uh, you know, who, who decided to kind of say, yeah, you know what, you're worth another, uh, you're worth another shot. And, you know, when your wife is Beyonce, uh, you know, she's not exactly looking for the alimony, uh, you know, so it's not like uh, just some rando. Um, <laughs> So I feel so, but in a way it kind of makes it like a really, really good album to touch on that stuff because those are two people that are very much on a very, very level <laughs> playing field. Like Jay is not just, you know, well, I'm providing, I mean, he's providing for his family, but it's not like he's being depended upon to do that. It's like if he walks or if she walks, like Beyonce is still like, the most famous singer, uh, you know, around. So it just, I kind of got stuck on that album, uh, you know, last year. And yeah, that's totally fair. You know, I, I mean, mean, because that was it's a great just, album. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I love hip hop too, but just that album as like a piece of songwriting is, is yeah. brilliant. Um, yeah, no, it's, but it's then, art. I mean, yeah. And I mean, I could, I could kind of say, oh yeah, well I get like, some I know I said the go-tos, um, like Pet Sounds is always a go-to, but like you don't need another like white guy in his 30s to tell you how much Pet Sounds is great. Um, I really liked, um, you know, I kind of get stuck on like local records too. I think like Low Light uh, from Asbury Park, they're a really good band that I get stuck on a lot. Um, the Vaughns, they're from Springfield. They have really good like, power pop uh sort of power pop meets like black sabbath sometimes with some of those riffs um i think like brian rothenbeck is an incredible songwriter uh so like you, i i get stuck a lot on on music that my that is made by my peers um and i think that's you know that's helpful um 
because then you kind of get a little more insight into the experiences that shape those songs. And, you know, uh, it, it humanizes it in a way, because like Jay-Z is awesome, uh, but Jay-Z is almost like this, you know, he's sort of like this, you know, this kind of idol where you're like, I don't know really what makes Jay-Z tick. You know, he could just be making this stuff up. Um, but, you know, I know what makes these people tick because, like, I see him around. I play shows with him. Um, and, you know, if they're not afraid to express their vulnerabilities or, or their desires, uh, then I shouldn't be either. Um, and seeing people do that has made me a better writer. You know, in between listening to, like, Pet Sounds or uh, Abbey Road or, or, you know, Dock of the Bay or, or something like that. Um, you know, if you want, like, a good professional album, I really love um, uh, Nilsson Sings Newman, you know, Harry Nilsson. Okay. Uh, I like to, yeah, like that. So you, you know, Harry Nilsson. Um, yeah, you know, no, can't I live mean, with, if living is without he's you. He's very big uh, out here on Long Island. So, um, yeah, no, definitely. Is, um, is he Is he really? Yeah, yeah. Because I grew up on a, Long a, Island. Harry Nilsson found, is big? I believe so. He has a foundation out here. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, I believe he passed um, some time ago, but. Oh yeah, he's been he's been dead twenty years. Yeah, but uh, his foundation has continued for some time now. Yeah, I, um, I gotta look that up. I'd be curious. I'm surprised that because I love Nilsson. Um, although that makes sense because he grew up. I think he grew up in Queens, and he moved. You know, because you think of him as like one of those L.A. weirdos. Uh, yeah, and I mean weirdo affectionately, like a like a Brian Wilson, a Van Dyke Parks, a Randy Newman. You know, one of those kind of like quirky. You know, and I mean, obviously, a lot of that has to do with Midnight Cowboy. I'm gonna say. I oh mean, yeah, of you course. Know, you know, you know that movie. It's uh, you know our 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 uh, our connection with you know cinema and and uh, and uh, music often sometimes skews things. Like we'll think something's, you know, like in that case, we'll think something's written on the West Coast when it's an East Coast musician. Same goes for like Warren Zevon, you know. I've seen well, Werewolves of London. Think, I think, well, N- Nilsson moved to L.A., uh, but you know, everybody's talking was written by uh, Fred Neal, one of those New York guys, one of those New York like folk guys. Uh, you know, Fred Neal ran with like uh, you know Dylan and like Tim Buckley and uh, you know all those like Dave Van Rung, like those folkies from the early sixties. And you know, Nilsson obviously turned it into a big, uh, a big hit. Um, right. But yeah, so you know, you're, but I guess that's actually to kind of further your point that it is kind of a New York song. Um, it, you know, even apart from Midnight Cowboy, like it still has, it still has that New York connection, even aside oh, yeah. from that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I kind of wanted to know. Um, do you like tap into like your own life? Do you write from like your own experiences? Would you say? Um, I used to a lot more than I do now. Uh, you'll have to if you hear some uh, if you hear some noise. I just got out of my car and I'm uh, getting into uh, be getting into an elevator to go up to my house. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it's all 
it's this is reality right so you know it's uh it's kind of cool that you can record this stuff like on the move yeah um <clears throat> you know that you don't have to be like stuck in a, a studio space to you know to actually do any of this anymore you know it's um, really it's uh actually very cool um you know uh i i do have like um like a microphone and like a whole audio system yeah but there's like no reason to have to do that if i can do everything that i need from my phone via you know a phone call you know conference calls and stuff like that if i could record that i figure there really is no need to like have people necessarily out the big guns yeah yeah you know what i mean people people are busy People are busy. There's no reason that everybody has to sit inside the studio and like, be forced to take a part of their day out. Of the, you know what I mean? Take take so much of their day out to like sit down and talk. I mean, I, I understand the. Um, you know, if it was like a radio show, I would totally understand that. But I feel like with this podcast, I'm trying to do things a little bit more. Um, you know, a, a little bit more lax. Uh, I'm not trying yeah. to be as as serious about things. Um, oh, yeah, no, I, just... I get that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I I hosted a podcast for five years. So oh wow. Yeah, I, uh, I am. Yeah, I am fully uh, fully versed in the uh, the goings on of of uh, how to record and produce a podcast, even like properly with you know studio gear and and having right. people show up and book guests and stuff like right, that. Right, so. right. And I but, mean, don't um, get me wrong. I work in a studio. I get to do that stuff um, for a radio show. It's a lot of fun. But, uh, but um, yeah, it is. So, so, so yeah, t- tell me more about your podcast. Um, so it was, uh, it's called The Great Albums. And it was basically, uh, you know, we go, uh, we we take a different album each week and we kind of go track by track and talk about, I mean, it's very simple, uh, just kind of talk about what, what makes it great. And, you oh, know, wow. we would do classic albums, uh, you know, any of the you know, Pet Sounds, Warren Zevon, Fleetwood Mac, you know, Carol King. Uh, we did a Jay-Z record. We did Reasonable Doubt. Um, so really no, no genre was off limits. Um, but yeah, and we, we did it for five years. We had a whole lot of great guests and we were uh, the number one music podcast on the iTunes charts in February of 2017. Um, oh, you know, if you're, you know, um, humble brag, but uh, <laughs> no, that's awesome. It's, yeah. And, and, you know, we just kind of decided, well, we, we sort of climbed that mountain. So the host, uh, Bill and myself, um, kind of decided to put it on, you know, put it on ice, uh, just this past spring. But I mean, it's still, you go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, any of these places that you, you listen to podcasts and we have, uh, I think there are 360 episodes, uh, of the show so we quite literally came full circle well but that's the uh that's that's the quick the sort of quick pitch <laughs> um what we no, were talking I about mean, that's I guess really you're... cool so so like yeah. you would break down albums and everything um you know that that's really cool did you guys you guys had guests or 
How did, yeah. how did it work? Yeah, we uh, did. Oh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah we I'm, I'm, and, I'm and, sorry that you stopped making the podcast. <clears throat> I mean, well, don't don't be. I mean, it was our, you know, it was our choice. We didn't, uh, gotcha. you know, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we weren't forced out. We, you know, it was ours, <laughs> and and it was just we said, you know what, we had a good run. There's nothing more that we can do with this, and so we said, all right, let's just, you know, let's figure it out. And and uh, you know, Bill, the host, uh, I, I was the co-host. Um, you know, he plays in a band, a great band called Fake Pockets. Uh, he's the bassist. And obviously, I, you know, uh, my band, The Extensions, uh, kind of started up and we uh, we signed this little record deal with Mint 400 and uh, we've got our release show. So we kind of wanted to put, I wanted to sort of put the focus on that for a while. Um, yeah. And, you know, we may revisit the podcast at some point or another, but for now, it's it's on ice until you know until it's it's on break until it ain't um you know until until we decide uh if if we decide we want to bring it back so that's uh yeah so um so speaking speaking to but um, i guess you know what we were uh, i i yeah no i kind of wanted to know about about uh your band the extensions um okay you know how how did that all get started um you know i mean obviously you know having done podcasts you have some audio experience but you know have you how long have you been playing an instrument and and what made you you know sort of how'd you find this band well i i bought i bought a guitar in 2004 and i started to kind of learn immediately um mostly self-taught i took guitar lessons for maybe two or three weeks so what amounted to about two uh what amounted to about like maybe three lessons and um you know didn't really didn't really love the teachers so i i quit and i just got like a chord book and started to teach myself but we um you know yeah i mean the extent you know fast forward uh i started the extensions we started the extensions uh last year uh kind of midway through 2018 um i had been in a band called the paper jets for 10 years prior to that and um yeah and we made what is it we made four records together and kind of decided that the end of 2018 we'd put out one final record play one final show and call it quits and we did those things and instead of kind of walking away from the show not really knowing what to do I wanted to be able to keep playing um, and keep writing and not I didn't want that uncertainty so started the extensions started writing material started recording material almost immediately um and yeah we <laughs> i guess i guess the idea is yeah we we started recording material almost immediately um after starting the band and so we um you know so once the paper jets once my last band kind of folded up i mean the next the next show with the extensions was like 2 weeks later or a week later something like that so it was i was 
for a time playing shows with both bands. You know, if one couldn't make it, I would ask the other or vice versa. Um, and, you know, it kind of became a, a, a decent way to, you know, get the new project out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it, it was sort of born of necessity and out of a desire to not really want to be sitting still for too long. So what label would you say or what genre, I guess? I mean, I don't want to really give like I, I know people aren't really big on genres these days. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 rock and roll, I would call it. Cool. You know, that's all. It's just, it's rock and roll. It's not, it's not anything, uh, you know, it's not, doesn't have hints of EDM or anything like that. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just rock and roll music. It's not anything, um, there's no like sub genres or anything like that. It's just guitar, bass, keyboards, drums, um, you know, four people writing, you know, four people writing and, and, and arranging materials. So, Cool. No, I mean, it. yes, it's traditional, but it's still, you know, it, it still makes for good music, still makes for great music. Um, and I kind of wanted to know um, about the uh, your your new single. Can you tell us a little bit? Uh, about that? Yeah, it's called it's called Hollowed Out. Uh, it came out on August 30th and it was um, the first song that we wrote sort of as a, I mean, not like four people sitting across from each other with yellow legal pads, but just, you know, like I kind of had the idea for it. I showed the rest of the band and they were like, yeah, this, this will work. Let's, let's finish this up. Uh, so we kind of got together and finished it up together. Um, you know, I had had a few, you know, a couple of the other songs that are going to be on our EP. Uh, I guess this, uh, it's coming out on Friday, September 20th. Um, I think about, I think three of the songs were written, uh, prior to, uh, you know, prior to getting together, um, almost, almost completely. And, um, you know, I, I kind of had like a short stack of songs that I brought to the group and we, you know, we picked which ones we wanted to keep, which ones, you know, that were sort of halfway done that we wanted to finish and which ones we wanted to kind of throw away. Um, <clears throat> but Hollowed Out was the first one um, that kind of made everybody go, oh, wow, like we could, this could be special. This could be something. And, uh, you know, that was pretty cool. Because, um, you know, when you work with a new group of people, you have no idea where, you know, maybe where their tastes are or where they stand on, you know, certain influences and things. So it was kind of nice to you know, have some of that, like, justified pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, Hollowed Out was the first song we put together as a group. So, naturally, it, it just felt right to be the first single, too. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, um, so you said you play in um, or play with some Asbury bands or Asbury Park bands? Um, yeah, before? I mean, we play, like, we, we play... Um, Meaning, like, I don't play in those bands. I mean, I, I, I kind of have moonlighted in a couple of bands um, before, 
but not like well it just made you know, I'm, because, not one, because I'm not one of those people that like play in you know 12 bands i tried no, that I, for a little bit i, I, I didn't, didn't mean really like i didn't it. mean it i didn't mean it like that i meant more so in like the sense that you know asbury park is very well known for being a musical area um obviously for you know multiple reasons stone pony of course is there yep um so have ha, has your band ever played the stone pony or um are the, you guys uh, doing the, ex- the extensions have not yet played the stone pony but i've yeah, played it before uh i've played it um i want to say two or three times uh before with my old band uh so this is just you know i mean can't hit every place in your first year so we'll you know we'll get there if we want to get there um i'm not honestly i'm not that that stuff i guess maybe when you when you live there it doesn't move you quite as much so to me it's not like a mission to to have to play the stone pony it's like we'll get there i got you um, no i i, I just meant I, um you know a lot of new york bands they're very you know they're very hungry to play a specific venue you know what mm-hmm. i mean sometimes that that just sort of happens i i, I guess it's sort of i, I don't know yeah, if it's I mean, just just a new york thing if we're just super competitive on this side i i have no idea <laughs> oh no you will you will not you will meet few people more competitive than i am um but in competition um you also uh, you know when when we compete uh there is also a uh, a modicum of patience which must be employed and so to me it's like yeah we can compete all we want but i'm not gonna like uh you know i'm not gonna go crazy to try to play this place by this time it's it's like all right you know we'll get there um and when i say we'll get there I don't mean like, oh yeah, maybe one day. I mean like we will get there. Um and we could probably do it now. It's just, you know, we got a record <laughs> we got a record coming out. Um, you know, as of this recording, we have a record coming out in two days. So it's like I'm just, you know, and, and we're playing Asbury Lanes, which is no uh which is no slouch of a venue either. So it's like right. you know, it's 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 you know, we're playing a, a big, uh, you know, we're not playing like somebody's basement. It's, it's, you know, uh, like you could go see us this week and go see like Dinosaur Jr. there next week. Uh, so it's not, you know, you get some decent bands. Uh, or I think actually next week might be uh, Angel Olsen. I, I actually forget who's, who's really playing. But, you know, some big indie bands come through there and stuff like that. I know, you know, Bruce Springsteen has kind of played there with uh, Tangier Blues Band. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's... I kind of wanted to know, I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, with the record coming out so soon, um, I, I kind of wanted to know, like, was there any particular moment of of the record that um i guess stood out the most to you um there's a song on there called fake the rest uh the third track that really came together when we got it into the studio like live it just sounds like sort of a a dirty old neil young song you know just big distorted guitar and stuff like that but when we got it into the studio we really uh really kind of took it apart and put it back together 
in uh, in an interesting way, used a lot more like uh, you know, used a lot more uh, sort of guitar effects, and and I hesitate to use the word psychedelic, but just uh, you know, we added we added some, you know, some sort of accoutrement that makes it sound a little fuller than just you know distorted guitar and you know kind of pounding drums, um, and it it definitely made the song better, uh, which was you know, which was cool. Everything else, all the other songs kind of sounded more or less like how we played them live. Uh, but this one took on a whole new life once we got it into the studio. Um, and I love when things like that happen, when unexpected things like that happen. Definitely. Um, and it's, and it speaks to, you know, in my opinion, um, you know, and this is one of the songs that we all put together as a full band it kind of speaks to the quality of, um, you know, the songwriting and, and, you know, what the band did when they got their hands on it. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's, it's cool. It was a pleasant surprise and it's, it's, I think my favorite song on the whole record. Well, okay. No, I, that's awesome. Um, so I'm definitely going to be looking out for it. Um, so I, I understand you're signed to a um, to a small label. Um, mm-hmm. are, are, is it an indie label? Yeah, yeah. It's called Mint 400 Records. Uh, they've been around for, uh, you know, 10, 12 years, something like that. Um, I think since maybe 2007, uh, give or take. So, you know, they've, they've definitely, you know, you're around that long. You got to be doing something right. So... Yeah, um, no, def- definitely. And I, I kind of wanted to know just um, a- as an artist, what you think of the whole, um, you know, independent versus major label, you know, sort of um, debate that's sort of, you know, going on right now. Like a lot of artists are finding that it's, um, you know, and some some will disagree. Some, you know, some are really trying to make make it big. Uh, make a living out of it and, and, you know, make, make hand over fist and money and, and sign to like a major label, but you see a lot of people telling you to, to stay independent and to, um, you know, own your masters and, and, and to do things of, of that nature. And, and I kind of want to know uh, your feelings as a musician okay. on, well, uh, on this. Well, I've never been on a major label, so I'll say um, I can't really speak to that, though. Um, I mean, I know, you know, be, being on a major label, though, I do know bands that have, um, you know, I have people that have done it, um, you know. What's up? Oh, I think I lost you there for a second. Oh, no, you you there? You got me? Yep, gotcha. Okay, cool. All right, good. <laughs> we, um, but yeah, the, like I've had friends, um you know, uh, maybe a little older than me that were like on major, that were like on a major label in the nineties. Um, and really it's not, you know, I don't think it's, it's changed all that much. Um, I think people have different perceptions of the way things should go, uh, versus the way they actually go. I do have a friend, um, right now who is, um, he's independent. He's based in Europe, 
And he kind of describes being a musician uh, for a living. Uh, and he's kind of in the at the point where he'll play a theater of like a thousand or fifteen hundred and sell it out. Like he's kind of on that sort of level over there. Oh well. But he said it's it's basically a cycle of um, it's sort of a cycle of profit and debt. So you know, if you get you know like he has to pay his band, he has to pay his manager. He has to pay a crew. Uh, he has to pay the sound people. He has to, um, you know, he, like, I guess whatever label he's signed to, I don't know, uh, you know, takes their cut. And so you think like, oh, yeah, wow. But at the end of this show, you know, like we're getting like $2,000 to, you know, to play a show. Um, that's our guarantee, right? But at the end of the night, he's only walking home after everybody else gets their cut, you know, between a hundred and $200. And I mean, I could go play a Monday night at the wonder bar and walk out at, you know, with a hundred dollars. Uh, right. So it's like, I mean, granted, yeah, I'm playing to 50 people and he's playing to a thousand, but you know, economically it makes no difference. Uh, Cause he's got a lot more overhead than I do. So you know, but with that comes a whole lot more exposure too. Um, and, you know, exposure is sort of a dirty word, but in this case, I just use it in its, in its most literal sense. You know, he has a whole lot more, <laughs> he, he's got a whole lot more people watching him, but it's, you know, and it's on him, uh, you know, because he's responsible for a lot of those expenditures. And, uh, you know, and his band is just a bunch of hired, hired guns. You know, they're not like buddies. I mean, I'm sure they get along, but it's not, you know, they wouldn't be there if they weren't being paid. Um, so it's, it's a different, um, you know, it seems like kind of a different sort of situation uh, in a way. And it's a little, a little bit stressful sounding um, because he's like, yeah, well, if I don't, sell this show out or if I don't sell this many tickets, then, you know, there, there are real tangible financial consequences because he's now on the hook. So it's like an investment in yourself and it is very risky. Um, and, you know, a lot more musicians end up declaring bankruptcy than end up like in the hall of fame. So it's, uh, you know, takes a real resolute belief in yourself. Uh, I think. And I mean, I've got that belief in, in myself, but, you know, sometimes, you know, you're, you're blessed with opportunities. Sometimes you get to make your own and, you know, sometimes you play the Wonder Bar on a Monday night. Um, and I mean, I'm okay with that. But, uh, you know, being an independent artist, you, you, I guess to sort of try to answer your question, being an independent artist, you, you have to be okay with that. Uh, otherwise, you know, you're going to end up eating your tail, you know, making yourself crazy. Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, and um, I know, and I know a lot of, a lot of local musicians that do that, that are like, Oh, why can't I just be bigger? Why am I not like progressing far enough, fast enough? And it's, and it's like, you know, you, you progress at the rate and the pace that you're, you're, you're able to. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask, um, what your views are on streaming services 
and and this whole uh, new industry that that we have unfolding. It's no different. <clears throat> it's no different. It's just a new way to be. It's just a new way um, for you know record labels, music companies to rip off artists because honestly. Um, <clears throat> you know, predatory record contracts and things like that are not new. Um, you know, um, so just trying to think of like back in the 50s and 60s and stuff like that. Uh, if you if you catch my meaning, I trust that like Pat Boone probably made more money covering a Chuck Berry song than Chuck Berry made writing it. Um, you know, if you, if you kind of understand what I'm getting at. No, so I to totally get you. It's, That's it's just, funny. uh, yeah. Doing some like hokey, you know, uh, hokey, like country version of it, uh, versus the real thing. So it's, it's, you know, the music industry making money off the backs of, of artists, uh, yeah. No, definitely. I, I mean, um, you know, it's it's definitely not it's not a new practice. So streaming, it's good in a way because you can quantify your your audience. You can find out, you know, how many people are listening, how many times they're listening, where they're listening from without the necessity of like a Nielsen sound scan type situation. Right. But uh it's just, it's just kind of, to me, it's old wine, new bottles. And I don't agree with people that are, you know, that, that push back so hard against it. Um, like, oh yeah, no, stream, streaming's not dying. Streaming is staying because now every single, you know, the majors all have, they, they have ownership stakes in the streaming services. So whether you're signed to Atlantic or you're signed to Mint 400, um, the major labels have a stake in what you do. So it doesn't matter. They're making money regardless of where you release your music. Right. Or how. Oh, definitely. So um, with that in mind, I wanted to thank you for um, agreeing to do this again. Um, just yeah, lastly, thank you for you have, having me. No problem. And just <clears throat> if you want to give any shout outs to band members, whoever, might be listening. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll just uh, shout out our, our band, uh, Lisa Lovell, Kevin Newcomb, and Pete Stern. Um, we are the extensions. Our record comes out on September 20th at Asbury Lanes. Uh, you can find us on social media at The Extensions Band. Um, Daniel, I'd like to thank you for having me. Uh, thank you to oh, Lindsay Marie for, uh, you know, thanks to Lindsay Marie for you know, kind of hooking the two of us up. That's much appreciated. Yeah, um, definitely. And thanks to Neil at Mint 400 Records. Thanks to KL Martin at uh, 3143 uh, Artist Management. They're our, our management company. And um, yeah, Matt Dubrow for recording the record, Frank Letiri for mixing it, uh, Mike Virak and Aishan Juwan for doing the artwork. Um, and, you know, for Asbury Lanes, for believing we could bring enough people to host a release show for this. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best on uh, at your release show. And I, and I um, 
look forward to I look forward to hearing the album when it drops. Great. Thanks. Well, you hear it this Friday on streaming, <laughs> on streaming <laughs> services. So it'll be there. All right. You take care. You do the same. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.